Welcome to Real Estate Investing in the Real World Podcast. The topic of this episode is, here is my best advice for buying a home in 2021, specifically buying a home to live in as your primary residence. Wait until 2022. And we're done. Thanks, everybody. Okay, fine. I'll explain why this is my advice. And if afterwards you're still bound and determined to buy a home this year, I'll give you a three-step plan to put yourself in the best possible position to get that house. So let's start with my advice, why wait to 2022? Well, before I begin, I need to share with you that this advice I'm giving you doesn't actually help me at all. Because I make my fortune from flipping houses. And so we get deals off market, we put them on market, and selling them right now, we're making more money than we ever have. So you want truth, you want wisdom, you want signal. You don't want this, this biased nonsense that is so commonplace today. So while this advice doesn't help me directly, what it might do is benefit you or someone you know who's looking to buy right now. Buying a home to live in as your primary residence is a very large commitment. And over the years, I've assembled many really helpful videos on home buying. And one of my main rules in those videos is that you shouldn't plan to resell a property that you're buying to live in for at least five years, which means you're making a five-year commitment when you purchase a home to live in. Meanwhile, we are experiencing historic low inventory levels in America right now. Inventory is the amount of available properties for sale in the market. And I'm going to put some numbers to this to help show you just how bad it is. Okay, so in 2006, the, this was just before the real estate bubble burst, 4.4 million properties available for sale. That was the inventory level. Now, we, we go to right now, right now, the latest statistics, 1.4 million. 1.4, almost a fourth of this. Now, what makes this even more crazy is that there are more agents. There are literally more real estate agents than there are properties for sale. And furthermore, this encompasses all properties at 1.4, including the luxury and higher end. When we start talking about you know, less than, than 300,000, that statistic is just a fraction of a fraction. It's tiny in America right now. So it's not just that there is a lack of inventory. There's a gigantic lack of inventory in affordable affordable price points. So this is why I say you want to wait till 2022. Because right now, if you're trying to make a five-year commitment, you have very few options. Or as the name of the character on the classic Mel Brooks comedy, Blazing Saddles, it's slim pickings right now. And what is available on the market is either overpriced, needs a lot of work, has other undesirable characteristics. So you just don't have a lot of options, and that's why it makes sense to wait until 2022. So what's going to be different in 2022? Why are there going to be more options then? Well, there were two key pieces of COVID-related legislation, unprecedented legislation, which should lead to some more inventory in 2022. 
The first is the eviction moratorium. That legislation actually was proved unconstitutional by a federal judge recently, but this has had a dramatic impact on landlords across America. They haven't been able to evict their non-paying tenants for over a year now. And I know plenty of landlords that are just counting down the days when they can finally get rid of that deadbeat tenant and they can then go fix the house up so that they can then sell the property. So we're hopeful that there is going to be some new inventory that's going to come on the market once this expires, and then there's a huge backlog of cases. So it's going to take quite a while to push through the eviction court systems across America. I'm predicting at least six months or more. And this is assuming they actually expire it on the 30th of June, and they don't kick the can down the road like so many politicians like to do. But if that happens... There could be a, a, a new crop of inventory on the market, you know, towards the very beginning of 2022. And that would be very encouraging also because it's probably going to be many of the lower price point properties. You think of the majority of landlords out there, they own properties at lower price points because those are the only ones that can cash flow. So this could be pretty encouraging if you're looking to buy. This would be a pretty good chunk of property. I think the latest statistic I read is like 9 uh, million renters are past due. Now a lot of those of course are in uh, places like apartment buildings, duplexes, triplexes. They're not all in single family homes. And then some of those single family homes are owned by these large institutional investors that aren't going to sell. However, Hopefully, we'll see some new inventory coming from this lifting and then coming from the fact that they finally get through the court system, they get the property fixed up in many cases and resell it. Sure, there are going to be some houses that are sold as is, but a lot of landlords now are probably getting some relief from some of the stimulus, and many are going to be patient enough to fix the property up before they put it back on the market. All right, so this is the first place where I see 2022 is going to have a significant increase in potential options of properties that someone could buy. The second is the foreclosure moratorium. Now that is set to expire on September 30th. And then foreclosures take a long time to process through the foreclosure systems in most states. So even if it expires on the 30th and that that can doesn't get kicked down the road, it's still going to take sometimes up to a year or more for that foreclosure to uh, finalize, if not longer. So this would be something that would show itself more mid to late 2022 as, as an increase in inventory. Unfortunately, it doesn't appear it's going to be a whole lot of them. Uh, uh, most recent statistics are showing that the, the percentage of past due borrowers is plummeting right now. Plummeting. It's almost at pre-COVID levels. So what's happened is the majority of people that do own a home are recognizing how few options there are available. They, don't, they know there's not many places to go. And if they go anywhere, the fact that prices have appreciated so much that ultimately they're better off just staying put. So many people are catching up their mortgage right now, or they're working out permanent loan modifications with their lenders. And then there's several different organizations at the federal level that are putting a lot of pressure on these loan servicers to exhaust every form of loss mitigation before they consider foreclosure. So this is probably not going to be this exciting flush of new inventory. And there's a lot of gurus that were predicting this foreclosure tsunami. I never did. And it's it's definitely shaping up to be nothing like a tsunami. Just a little bitty wave, you know. And so um, 
this could this could bring some new inventory. The other thing that's nice about this is the foreclosures span the spectrum of price points, and so you you know if you're looking for a, a more higher end property, you're going to have some more options, I believe, as we get into mid latter part of 2022. All right, so those are the reasons why it makes so much sense to wait until 2022. You have such little options right now. The options you do have are lousy, and and so if if you've got to make a five year commitment, you've got to choose wisely. And we see where these two pieces of legislation would be dramatic increase in, in inventory. Now, some have asked me, does that mean that we're going to have a problem? There's going to be so much on the market, it's going to flood. I don't believe that's the case because we have such a lack of inventory right now that if this if this produces some more of that affordable price point, less than 300000 stuff, it's going to get gobbled up. It's going to get gobbled up quickly. So I'm not concerned about this leading to a, a reduction in property values. I'm more encouraged that it's going to give friends, family, and those that are looking to buy a home to live in a few more options than, than there is right now. Oh, but some people just want to buy now, buy now, buy now. And then, of course, what they do is they come up with some logical reasons to uh, explain or justify why they have to buy now. So why buy in 2021? Well, some have made the argument that interest rates are low and they may not remain low. And, of course, lower interest rates make a, a home a, a lot more affordable. I put a video together a couple of months ago called Housing is Booming, Will It Bust? And I discuss a lot of different factors. And in there, I share the idea that I, I'm not convinced we have anything like a, a bubble created right here. And I, I think that uh, ultimately, we're not going to continue to see the incredibly unsustainable appreciation rates we have experienced during COVID. But I also don't see a bust coming. However, one of the topics in there was interest rates. And in there, I said, look, we've uh, for many, many years, people have said interest rates can't stay this low. They just can't, they can't, they can't, and they have. And, uh, and I've, I've had several comments on that video, so this video won't age well. Oh, it actually has. So I don't know what's going to happen to interest rates, but I will say this. You can't simply use the argument, it can't stay low forever. Okay, that's what people were using that argument in 2015 and 16 and 17 and 18 and 19 and even before COVID. And so the, the interest rates did stay low. So I don't know what's going to happen there, but that is a legitimate um, a reason to buy now because interest rates are low. Another reason is if, if properties continue to appreciate, which they probably will because this, this new inventory is not going to hit in 2021 really, uh, then it's going to be even less affordable a year from now. Okay, that, that could be the case as well. But again, we're talking about a five-year commitment and you want to choose wisely. And then there are those other excuses like someone's getting a job transfer or something like that. So if you're bound and determined to buy in 2021, I'm now going to share with you a three-step game plan to put yourself in the best possible position to get that house. Here is your three-step plan to get that house. Get that house. Number one, be ready. That means you need to know exactly what you're looking for. And I had put a video together almost a decade ago explaining this concept. Exactly what you want. This is hard for many people. A lot of people don't know what they want in life. If you want to get a house in 2021 and you want to get one that you like, you need to know what you like and what you don't. And the more narrow, the better. 
You need to have this narrow window of exactly how many bedrooms, bathrooms. You want to know how many garage. You want to know where it needs to be located, how big the yard needs to be, whether it needs a fireplace, and everything in between. And if you know exactly what you want, then you can laser focus, which means you can set up things like Zillow or Realtor.com notifications. All right, so know exactly what you want. But you also need to be ready financially. So when you are, are going to get pre-qualified. Okay, if, if uh, a lot of people ask me this question. If you're going to get a conventional loan as a typical home buyer, where should you go get a loan? The two largest ones out there are Quicken Loans and uh, Wells Fargo. Those are the two largest originators by volume. And so they do so much volume that their closing costs are minimal. Their loan fees are minimal. So I usually am not able to find a better deal when I, when I compare the closing disclosure than either Quicken or, uh, or Wells Fargo. That's if you're going conventional. If you're going non-conventional, I actually have a video on the whole subject of non-QM, and it's actually for about rental property, but it also applies to those that can't go conventional. So get pre-qualified. Make sure you're dialed in on your money, because when that deal comes, this is the next part. You need to act instantly. I mean within a few minutes of getting the notification from Realtor.com or Zillow.com of the property that you know you're going to like, you need to go look at it. I mean, we're talking within 30 minutes, you might be way too late. My assistant recently bought a property and uh, she literally, I was on the phone with her. She said, I'm hanging up. This is the property. She hung up, was there in 15 minutes. Now she is licensed, so she didn't have to uh, coordinate with a buyer's agent. And uh, and she made an offer there on the spot, more than list price. And, uh, and she got it. Actually, it was a pretty decent deal. So it is possible, but you got to act instantly. And this also means that you need to have a buyer's agent, okay? That buyer's agent needs to be someone who lives by their phone. I mean, they have this on them 24-7. That is what you need because ultimately, you're going to need to get into that house within about 10, 15, 20 minutes of it being listed. You've got to act instantly and you need a buyer's agent that you text them and say, here's the one. And then they say, all right, great. I'm going in the car. I'll be there in 20 minutes. I'll meet you there. That's how fast you need to move. All right, so step one, be ready. Know exactly what you want. Be pre-qualified financially. Step two is you need to act instantly to go look at that property. And then here's number three. You need to offer aggressively. Okay, so what's helping us right now as investors is all of the multiple offer situations that are going on. So we put a property on the market and we get 15, 20, and we've, our record is over 100 offers on one property. Now, how you can not completely but somewhat avoid that is you put your best foot forward first. So when that property is listed and you get there in 15 minutes and you go look at it, you then need to make the most aggressive offer you can. Now, when we talk about aggressiveness, yes, we're talking about price, of course, which you would know based on the prequal how high you can go, but it's also in regards to terms. Things like having a really short inspection period. Have some inspectors on speed dial. Have like a, a list of 15 of them. And just go down the list and see who can get there the fastest. So a short inspection period. A larger uh, escrow or uh, uh, deposit. Do whatever you can. Make the closing date as short as you can. Especially if you're prepared with the prequal and you know you can close quickly. You need to 
avoid that multiple offer situation. To go back to my assistant's example, that's what she did. She got it accepted before the onslaught of offers came in, which they did. The offers all came in the next day, and that seller would have sold it for a lot more. But they agreed to, uh, uh, to, to my assistance deal on that, and it was within an hour of it being listed. She had Because she had the, uh, the, the contract printed out, and she had it written out when she was at the property and said, here, here you go. All right, so if you do these three things, you put yourself in the best possible position to get that house. Again, my advice remains, wait till 2022, but if you're bound and determined to buy it this year, this is how you can do it. All right, y'all. Well, thank you so much. I'm Phil Pustiowski with FreedomMentor.com. Uh, my primary profession is a real estate investor. And so we buy houses uh, typically off market and then resell them on market. And of course, we're making a fortune right now because of these circumstances. And so this is really to share with you how to buy a house here in this year, not necessarily anything to do with investing. But if you want to learn more about how my team and I, we take complete beginners and we turn them into first class market leading money-making machine real estate professionals, then consider my apprentice program where my team and I, we take people and we transform them and we mentor them every step of the way. Now, if you're not in that position, but you want to learn more about real estate investing and how we do what we do, I've got a book that I wrote, How to Be a Real Estate Investor. It's a bestseller on Amazon, but I actually give it away. So please uh, download that if you haven't read this yet. It's a uh, it's as good as it ever gets in the world of understanding real estate investing and how we do what we do.